Hello and welcome back to Homefront. Binyamin Rose and myself, Gedali Gutentag, covering Israel's biggest conflict in a generation. Binyamin, hello to you. Gedalia, how are you today? Yes, Baruch Hashem, doing well. So the big news worth opening up with is new threats to Israel's governing coalition. We've talked till now about the threats from the left flank, but this time directly from the right, which is that Itamar ben Gvir, head of Yehudit, has threatened the government and said that if there is a renewed ceasefire after the 10-day period expires, in which this initial deal negotiated by Qatar ends, if there's a new one, he says that the Yehudit will leave the government, which is essentially a major threat, seeing as they have a significant number of seats there. So that's new. The background to that is that within the national religious world, there is a deep, deep unease, let's say, with the hostage negotiation. Obviously, it goes without saying they are very happy to see those women and children back. But they say at what cost? Senior rabbinic figures within that world have pointed out that it effectively, you know, as we said, brings the military operation against Hamas to an end. They say it's going to be very, very start. All things we talked about over here. And a sign of that, Unease that in our sister publication, the Hebrew Mishpacha, they had an interview with two fathers, captives from that end of the political spectrum. They were urging the government in advance of the deal not to go for the deal. They said, this is going to destroy our deterrence against Hamas if you put the hostages first. These are fathers of captives, which took some hair-raising type of uh, dispassionate distance to be able to say. I mean, let me just add one thing over here that I find myself in agreement to a certain extent with what is being said over here by Ben Gvir, which of those who know me and my writing is fairly rare to see. But in essence, if I'm looking at it from Hamas's viewpoint, the fighting and the military campaign against them has become reduced to a campaign to release hostages and a technique, a tool and a lever to achieve the end. If I'm Yichian Sinwa, sitting in Hamas's command bunker, I no longer really believe that Israel is intent on toppling me when they are saying openly, that the goal of the next stage of the operation is to put more military pressure on to release the hostages. That is a very worrying thing, and I think that's what's going on in Ben Kabir's mind. Kedalia, I'd like to make three parallel points. The first one is, we have to be honest, we're in the Haredi or ultra-Orthodox world. We're not major participants in the armed forces, to say the least. Although I must point out, as I always do, and as other people do, that uh, we are at the forefront of organizations that are on the front line, such as Zaka, and uh, Hatzalah and Magen David Adom. And of course, the Haredi ultra-Orthodox community has been also at the forefront of many of the efforts to aid the soldiers and to provide food and goods for them. So we're definitely doing our share. But I have to say that I have a lot of respect and sometimes awe for the people who do send their soldiers and send their children to the army. And when someone says that if we have a child who's a hostage and we're willing, uh, God forbid, to sacrifice them or at least delay their return for the greater good, to me, that's amazing. I don't know that I could do the same if I were in the same position. I don't know that I wouldn't, but let's leave it at that right now. As far as the threats from Ben Gavir, and we also saw parallel threats from Benny Gantz this week, Ben Gavir, I think, has a lot more to lose than Gantz. The polls don't show that Ben Gavir would gain that much from a new election. In fact, he might lose seats. As far as Gantz is concerned, as I mentioned earlier in the week, Gantz might have itchy fingers right now. He sees polls showing that he can get 36, even above 40 seats if a new election were held, and he would be the prime minister outright. He wouldn't need Likud. He could join Lieberman. He could join Lapid and Yeshatid. And Meretz looks like they're making a comeback. 
in the polls. He would have a safe coalition of 60 to 65 seats without any religious parties whatsoever. So I would think that the threat from his end is more significant. But I'll tell you what my greatest concern is. My greatest concern is that if the military campaign has wound down or if it's going to end very soon, because it'll end in a hostage exchange. And at that point, the international community will say, listen, October 7th was terrible, but yeah, you exacted your revenge and now you've got all your hostages back. So you've got nothing further to fight for. Then what happens? What happens is, is that probably within 45 days, this entire government unravels in a no confidence motion, or they just decide let's go to a new election. And in the meantime, the army chief of staff and the head of army intelligence And the head of the Shabak submit their resignations because they will admit some failures or errors of omission in not knowing that this horrible event was about to happen. And then what happens is Yasser Sinwar is sitting in his bunker in Gaza. He's still in control. There's been massive destruction in the north of Gaza, but he can take a look at what's happened in Israel and say, look what we did. We brought down the Zionist state, the occupying Zionist state. We took them down. They have a new election. And all of their top army and intelligence officials are gone and they can claim victory. And we're allowing this to happen by passively going along with the hostage releases and on their terms and by trying to abide by American terms for how to conduct the war. This is very dangerous for Israel right now. You know, we can I note though that you say that they're going to trigger quick elections, 45 days, etc. I would hazard a strong guess that the nature of those elections would be a referendum, not just on the outgoing government, which I think we all understand is going to be a potentially a political earthquake to come. There'll be a referendum on the conduct of the war, because if there are enough people in this country who believe that the war should have gone on and to demolish Hamas, and this is the vibe that we're getting from speaking to a lot of people and hearing from just the thinking among a lot of the people in this country, if that fails to happen, then I think the election will effectively become a referendum on the way ahead as well, which is, can we finish the job or not? And I think that would be a new dynamic in an Israeli election. And that, I suspect, could change things. It could. The problem is that it's going to be too late. Once that amount of time passes, uh, even if our troops remain in Gaza for that length of time and more, it's going to be very uh, difficult to restart. And I would have my doubts, let's say, if someone like Benny Gantz or anyone takes over as prime minister with a different coalition would say, okay, let's go ahead and restart the war. Or would they say, like, let's go ahead and restart peace talks with the Palestinian Authority under American and Qatari auspices. And that's something that Ben Gavir, among others on the Israeli right, fear most. Even the Likudniks are talking about it now. People like Ofer Akunis and Netanyahu have come out and said that, you know, Benny Gantz as prime minister is equivalent to a Palestinian state. So that's going to be the election mantra. So you're right, this will be a referendum, but my, my feeling is that this could also be a referendum on whether or not to actually uh, go back to the peace table with the Palestinian Authority, which would be just as dangerous, if not more, than not continuing the military battle in Gaza. These are key days ahead to see the results of where this goes. But you've mentioned the kind of wobbles on the American side, or more than wobbles. And I think parts of the source of that is the pressure coming from a lot of the Democratic Party, on, especially on Capitol Hill. We've both been looking at a meeting which kind of passed under the radar, except to those who watch Capitol Hill and Washington more closely. I don't include myself in that. I read something, there's an outlet called Punchbowl News, which I just had to say that because I like the name of the website. And they're an insider's site for DC gossip, political gossip, things like that. And they reported on an Israeli major general who made a quiet trip to the Capitol on Monday night to reassure Democratic senators about the nature of Israel's military campaign. 
And it said, and I'd like to get your take on this video, Armin, but it says the meeting which took place in the LBJ room, Justice Senate role, includes IDF officials, dozens Senate Democrats. And one of the punch bowl picked up, sorry, I got that in again, picked up, had a talk with senators there, Brian Schatz, a Jewish Democrat, a Democrat from Hawaii, who said, we just want to be assured, and this is an amazing quote, actually stunning when you take it apart. We just want to be assured, he said, that Israel is abiding by American values as they try to dismantle Hamas. We all conveyed that collectively and clearly. I do believe they heard us. Obviously, we have a long way to go. And Benjamin, I think we were both struck by the hectoring tone over here as if Israel in its campaign is somehow un-American and immoral in its approach. And this is coming, by the way, from a senator who has supported the Iran deal, who opposed moving the embassy to Israel, who opposed bills that would, you know, beef up Israel's security. Although Jewish, he doesn't want to talk about his faith. So, Benjamin, let's have a response to the eminent senator. So Brian Schatz is Jewish. He's a senator from Hawaii. And when he talks about American values, I'm not sure which American values he means, because going all the way back to the very end of World War II in a couple of cities like Nagasaki and Hiroshima, we got a good example of American values when they feel that they were a threat and they needed to end a war. And I might add that none of the fighting was going on on American borders at that time. What happened was going on in the Pacific and was going on in the Pearl Harbor one attack thousands of miles away from uh, the American mainland. So uh, I'm not sure what he means by American values. And I don't but think- yeah, Can I be... just jump in over there with the Nagasaki comparison? Because fun fact, they didn't actually have to attack Hiroshima and Nagasaki and kill all those civilians. They did so because it was estimated that to take the Japanese home islands, the mainland Japan, it would cost a million American lives. So they made a very, very basic calculation that 50,000 Japanese lives worth sacrificing for a million American soldiers. And it's amazing what these calculations do not work out in the IDF's favor. That's just for your huh. consideration. Well, if he was talking about those kind of American values and you're making that kind of calculation, then uh, it's a calculated risk. And I understand it. As far as uh, the punch bowl is concerned, it sounds like the senator from Hawaii was uh, drinking some kind of Kool-Aid. But to try to fight the Middle Eastern jihadists with American values is a losing proposition. And I'm hoping that that sentiment was conveyed to the senator and to his colleagues who were sitting there with him. I hope as well. Although, Benjamin, let me just add that America has tried to fight with American values in the Middle East. And as recently as just a few years ago, when it retook Mosul from the Islamic State, the directly coalition airstrikes killed directly upward of 3,000 civilians. And that is, as you say, in a city which has no border with America and there's no raiding force crossing the Rio Grande, which we need dealing with. So I'd request on behalf of this podcast that certain American senators stop lecturing us on American values. I think on that suitably trenchant and pugnacious note, I'd like to end today's episode and wish you and listeners everywhere a good day. <laughs>